0: Thank you to Julia Fossum and Dwayne Fossum for doing the Sunday School Awards ceremony last week for us. Thank you to all of the Sunday School teachers and all of the parents and all the kids who are involved and the teens and the adults who are involved with the Sunday School classes throughout the year. Thank you for completing Sunday School this year. You see, doesn't it feel great to have that level of accomplishment, that completion? Doesn't it feel good to finish something? It does. I truly believe it does. It feels great to finish something. 2 Timothy three sixteen to 17 tells us that all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equip, equipped for every good work. What you have completed and what you continue to complete, hopefully, each and every single day of your life by studying God's word, does not go unnoticed. It doesn't go unnoticed by those around you as they see you studying God's word and hopefully living it out, putting it into action. But it also doesn't go unnoticed by God. You see, God's word is continually edifying us. It's continually teaching us. It's continually, continually rebuking, correcting, and training us in righteousness how to be right with God, how to be right in God's ways. We can't do any of this without God's word. Today we're talking about finishing well. This message is a follow-up to last week's Sunday School words. That's why you're hearing me talk about that. But do we truly feel like we finish well? How does one finish well anyways? Can you think of something in your life that maybe you think you finished really well? Maybe you feel like, wow, I didn't miss one Sunday School class this year. I haven't missed church in years. Maybe that's what you're thinking of. You think I finished well there. I run the race well. I stand strong on knowing the importance of being involved in a body of believers and being grounded firmly on God's word. But how about something that possibly haunts you to this day? Because you know that you gave up and you did not finish at all. Or maybe you finished, but you didn't finish well as you made sacrifices. Sacrifices which maybe hurt your relationship with God for a while. Or maybe right now, maybe right now your relationship with God is hurting. You're not running well. You're not finishing well. You see, I truly believe there's only one way to finish well. There is only one way to truly finish well, and that is by moving forward through life by God's plans and not yours. Seek to glorify him in all that you do and use God. Use his word and use the salvation that is provided to us through Jesus Christ. To not just live but to stand strong, run well, and finish well. That's how we finish well. But more on this later. You see, we just finished six months, a six-month study in the book of Galatians, plus nothing. We're saved by grace alone. I truly believe we also finished well in that series. Kids, teens, adults, you all just finished well, I believe, in another great Sunday school year. And again, I thank you to the teachers who devoted so much time to planning out that curriculum and their studies and dedicating their time to bringing up these kids, these teens, and our adults, our friends, to knowing the Lord. But here's the thing. We are always going to be in a race of some sort. We're always going to be fighting in some way. You see, I was reminded this week as I was writing this, and I wanted to show you a clip, but it was pretty bad, that even Charlie Brown was in a race for his life. Anybody remember that movie? I remember that movie, that movie. I loved that movie as a kid. Charlie Brown, A Race for Your Life. And I actually watched a little bit of it on YouTube this week. Hard to believe you can search that stuff. Charlie Brown, A Race for Your Life. You see, in life, there's always going to be challenges. There's always going to be struggles. There's always going to be some type of obstacle that gets in your way. You're always going to be fighting some sort of race. We, ha- we all have our races to run. But how do we work through these things? There's only one way to truly work through these races. And that's to run hard, to run well, by standing firm on God's word. We should, run, we should want to run well. We should run, want to finish well. Push through life with God's word. Because that's really the only way that we, that we should. That is the way that brings us hope. We're about to go through a new series titled "Summer Songs of Summer. A Study in the Psalms. And we're starting that today, but just kind of a quick little intro to Psalms as we look at Psalm 119, verse 33 to 37. But in this series, we're going to look to our emotions. You see, the Bible is full of emotions, and so are we. So Songs Songs of Summer is going to look to the Psalms to see how our emotions tie in with God's Word and His plan for our lives, but also how God understands us and helps us in our different emotions. We have so many songs, I think, that we turn to on our playlist or on the radio or on CDs when we're struggling with our emotions. Maybe you're sad, so you think of this song and you turn it on. You're upset, you're angered, you're frustrated, you turn on this other song. You're in love. You love to listen to this song when you're in love and you're on cloud nine, per se. But where do we turn to in God's word when we're struggling with the many different emotions in our life? We should turn to a new song. We should know where to turn to in God's word. And the Psalms are a great start. It's not the only place. We can dig into God's word in any place. And as we told you before, it does train us and lift us up and bring us closer to righteousness. We must train well to finish well. And the way that we train well to finish well is with God's word. But we need to train and run in a way which shows that you're looking forward with great anticipation to the finish line. Nobody ever gets anywhere. Nobody ever feels good about finishing when they don't truly finish well and run strong to that finish line. It doesn't feel good to stop midway in the middle of the race either. Nobody feels good about a race when they give up. When they give up. We should train so well, run so well to the finish line with great anticipation. Looking forward to those great words of our Father in heaven to say, well done. Well done good and faithful servant well done i'd like to read from first corinthians 9 24 to 27 as we talk about this topic just for a little bit here's some inspiration for you as you think about what does it mean to run well in first corinthians 9 24 to 27 we read this do you not know that in a race all runners run but only one gets the prize only one gets the prize Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached it to others, I myself will not be disqualified from the prize. When I run a race, I've ran several races, I've ran a Tough Mudder, I'm training for another Tough Mudder, kinda. I'll say I always sprint to the finish line. No matter how hard the race is, no matter how many obstacles I run into, no matter how well I'm running through that race, I always sprint to the finish line. There's just something, like I said, about finishing well. I may not always do a good job about staying in the routine, but I always try to not walk at all. I always try to keep on moving, keep on moving, keep on moving, keep on pushing myself past every obstacle. But no matter how hard I train, I never give up. And that's what we need to do too. We need to never give up. In order to finish well, you need to continue well. In order to finish well, you need to run well. But just think how much better I could do and all of us could do if we truly train harder. We in our spiritual lives and maturing in God and his word must be sure to stand, run, and finish well. And too often we just think about the finishing well. Or maybe we just think about standing firm. But as long as you're just standing, we do need to stand firm, but we also need to focus on moving forward in God's word. See, as long as you're just standing, you're not moving. But we also need to run with our eyes focused on the prize and knowing where we're going to, knowing that we are focused on a finish line, which God is at the finish line. We're focused on a finish line of knowing that we're going to finish well to hear God say, well done, well done, good and faithful servant. And we in America, we have a lot of things to praise God for, don't we? Especially as was just shared this morning by our missionary Ed Boehm and Logan Pancratz. I mean, the great blessings we have of God's word that we take for granted, There's people all over the world that don't have it in their own language. Or they can't read. Wow, what an amazing story that he was recording himself, that that young man, recording himself reading God's word just so he could let somebody else listen to it who couldn't read it for themselves. We have this great blessing, but I don't think we truly understand the great blessing it is. You see, people all over the world... In other nations who don't have the freedoms, the blessings we have, they study God's word for hours upon hours upon hours each day. They have a guest preacher come in to preach. I've heard the stories, maybe have two, of the guest preacher comes in to preach for an hour, and they get done preaching, and he walks off the stage, and the people say, what are you doing getting off the stage? We walked hours to get here, and we've planned on being here all day, maybe even two days to listen to you. But we can't push aside our own hobbies, our own wants, our own desires and things of our flesh to listen longer. I think if we truly understood the blessing we have and the power in God's word, we could allow it to impact our lives a little bit more. How do we finish well? We finish well by truly, truly studying God's word and appreciating it for everything it is. So as we move forward, let's open up to Psalm 119. Psalm 119, 33 to 37. I'm going to read it to you in a moment. But first, I just want to give it a little bit of an introduction. You see, Psalm 119 has been referred to by many and with many nicknames. One of the nicknames I came across in my studies was that it is the Mount Everest of Psalms. The Mount Everest of Psalms. Or as the tour de force, which means an impressive performance or achievement that has been accomplished or managed with great skill. Now, why would it be called the Mount Everest of Psalms? Because there's so much in it. You see, this psalm is arranged in an acrostic pattern. There are 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet, and this psalm contains 22 units of eight verses each. Each of the 22 sections is given to a letter of the Hebrew alphabet, and each line in that section begins with that letter. This is the longest of psalms and of chapters in the Bible. And it echoes what we already studied a few weeks ago in Psalm 1, as it exalts God's Word. It praises God's Word, God's word the Holy Word of God, the law of God, His commandments. Pastor Kevin Day Young calls this psalm a love poem. As you read this psalm, and I hope not just today, because we're only covering a very small section, but maybe this week, as you look to it in its entirety, think of it as a love poem. Because this author sings the praises of God's word over and over and over and over again. Luther professed that he prized this psalm so highly that he would not take the whole world in exchange for one leaf of it. He needed it all. This psalm is so remarkable for how it refers to God's written revelations, the living word of God, and in so many different ways. You see, it's referred to in almost every single verse. Specifically, it looks like the, the I looked at every one of the verses, and the psalm the psalmist mentions God's word in one form or another 169 times in the 176 verses. If I had the time, I'd read every single one of you one to you. But you can start. Just, let's see verse two. Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Let's get forward. Verse 11, I have stored up your, your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Skip forward again, verse 25. My soul clings to the dust. Give me life according to your word. This psalmist, this great psalmist loved God's word. He loved God's law. He loved God's commandments and his ways to live so much that he wrote this entire Mount Everest of Psalms truly all focused on God's word. It was said that Matthew Henry, the great 18th century Bible commentator, was introduced to Psalm 119 as a child. You see, his father, Philip Henry, told his children to take one verse of Psalm 119 every morning, one verse, and meditate on it, and thereby go through the entire Psalm twice in the year. Philip, Matthew Henry's father, said to his children, that by doing this, will bring, it will bring you to be in love with all the rest of the scriptures. It will bring you to be in love with all of God's word. Perhaps that practice is why Matthew Henry ended up loving the Bible so much they wrote one of the most used commentator, commentaries in existence still today. That's kind of a good challenge for us. Maybe we too, every single day, should just look to one verse of Psalm 119. And truly meditate on what it means, what it meant to this psalmist, and what it means to us. Let me read now. Psalm 119, 33 to 37. I've got it up here for you. Teach me. Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, the way of your word, the way of your law, the way of your commandments. And I will keep it to the end. I will keep it to the end. Verse 34, give me understanding that I may keep your law and observe it with my whole heart. Lead me in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. Incline my heart to your testimonies and not to selfish gain. Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and give me life. Give me life in your ways. Only four simple verses, pretty small. I can fit it all on one slide, but there's a lot of power in this. You see, here in Psalm 119, we have a prayer to look to as we look to run strong and to finish well. The author of this great Mount Everest of Psalms is unknown, but many of the older commentators would believe it to be from David, that David wrote this. And before he was king... In fact, many of these commentators believe that this was not wrote in one sit-down. And that's why it's so long. That's why there's so much. Many of these commentators believe that this was something that he might have wrote throughout his life. It was throughout a certain time in his life. I don't know. I wasn't there. But it does make sense. It makes sense as you read through it that he realized he needed God. He needed God's word. It makes sense since David knew how to stand strong, run strong, and finish well. And he knew the importance of God's word. He knew the importance of valuing God's strengths above his own. He knew to lean on God and his word for everything. And I think we can look to David's plea or whoever this psalmist is, this unknown psalmist, and we can apply it to our life too to truly value God's word and finish strong. It's almost like a training plan. You see, I think we need to train well to finish well. But as we train well and finish well, we do it with the Word of God. We do it with the Word of God. But still, many people are doing without the Word of God. Many people think they can run strong, they can finish strong without the Word of God. And that's no way to run strong. They need to know that they need to stand firm on the Word of God if they're to move at all. Because as long as you're not standing firm on the Word of God, you're not moving at all. Or you're just moving downward, downward spiraling to your own destruction, your own despair. We have something to give them. Now, many of you, as I talked about, have just finished Sunday school for another year. Teens, kids, adults, we've just finished a school year. We've just finished a, a phase of our life. And you did it with God's word. But I plead with you not to stop now. I beg you to continue searching God's word. Never cease cease to seek God in all you do. But you see, there's one way to seek God in all you do and with all your heart even better. And that's by the understanding of God's word. And to, to truly understand God's word, we need to ask him for his understanding. Ask God for his understanding. And study God's Word. As Second Timothy two fifteen says, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. The psalmist in Psalm one nineteen pleads in verse thirty four that God would give him understanding of God's law so that he might observe it or obey it with his whole heart. See, we need to remember and we need to think to ask God for understanding of his scripture. This psalmist's greatest fear, or one of his greatest fear, would be that he wouldn't understand what he was reading. We have a great blessing in front of us, but does it do us any good if we don't understand any of it? I think again about the nations around the world who we want to think there's Bibles in all over the place. But if they don't have it in their language, they don't understand it. Now, I'm not saying God cannot work in all those circumstances. He can. But we need to pray for God to give us understanding of his word. As we study his word, we need to understand it. And there's only one person that can truly give us that understanding. And he's not a person at all. all. He's God. God gave us the Holy Spirit within us to help us. But we still need to pray to God and just ask God, Lord, just as this psalmist, this great psalmist pleads, we need to plead. As we're looking to run strong and finish well, we need to plead, Lord, give us understanding. Give us understanding. Study his word with an understanding that only God can provide to you. May your fear be the same as the psalmist. Because that fear needs to drive you to God. And then we need to delight. Ask for God. Seek God. Study his word. Ask God for his understanding. But we need to also delight in his word. Let me read this to you again. Psalm one nineteen thirty three to thirty seven says this: "Teach me, O Lord, the way of Your statutes, and I will keep it to the end. I will keep it to the end. We can only truly keep it to the end if God is the one teaching us. We can't teach ourselves. We need a great teacher to teach us, and God's wanting to do that. Thirty four. Give me understanding that I may keep Your law." If you truly want to keep the law of God, obey his word, we need to understand it and observe it with your whole heart. 35, lead me in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. I delight in it. We need to delight in the word of God. If you truly want to finish well, you need to to delight in God's word. We delight in so many things, but how much do you truly just delight in the word of God? Now, I'm not talking about for your 15-minute quiet time every day. I'm not talking about when you do it on your lunch break. But I'm talking about the way we delight in our relationships with our loved ones, with our kids, with our family members, with our boyfriends, our girlfriends, our best friends. We delight in these relationships so much that we want to spend more and more and more time with them. Every waking moment we want to spend with them, well, most of the time at least, Maybe sometimes you have a little fight with your best friend or your married one or your partner in marriage, your spouse. But we delight in their presence so much that we just can't wait to see, to see them that next time. Do you delight in God's word like that? Do you delight in God's word so much that you can't wait till the next time you get to open it? That's the type of way we need to delight in God's word. The way that we delight in our many hobbies, fishing, hunting, Your Netflix binging, as I was just talking to somebody about this morning. How we can watch one show, one episode on TV, and then with Netflix, this streaming service, it will automatically start playing the next one, and then the next one, and then the next one. I know many of you, and myself included, have been been victim to that, where you end up watching three or four episodes at once. We should delight in God's Word like that. What about football? How much time do we devote to watching a football game? Now, don't shoot me. I know that this is a sensitive topic with our hobbies and our pleasures, but it's the truth. We should delight in God's word like, like we do in all these things of the world. I love all these things too, but you know, none of these things benefits us for all of eternity. God's word does. We should be investing in our lives in a way which in, invests for all of eternity. Moving on, though, we, like the psalmist says in verse 6, should be looking to not our own selfish gain, but to glorify God. In verse 36, if I read it again, it says this, Incline my heart to your testimonies and not to selfish gain. And 37, turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and give me life in your ways. Life in your ways. God's ways are the way which gives us life not our worthless things which we spend our time on. And again, that might sound crude, that might sound harsh, that might sound cruel. But I think deep down, you know it to be true. We waste our time on a lot of things that truly do not matter. And it's not to say that 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 hurts us, that we like to pass the football around and watch a game. It doesn't. But are we giving God his time first? Are we truly delighting in his word? Are we truly asking for God, God for his understanding of his word so that we can study it? So we can study it properly. Are we truly seeking God with all that we have? Do not waste time. Do not waste time, guys. We only have so much time. And the time that you devote to studying his word does not go without benefiting you. But it benefits you for all of eternity. And not just for that, it benefits those around you. It benefits your children. It benefits your family members. It benefits your friends. It benefits your neighbors as they see that you have something different that you live for. You have a hope to live for that goes beyond yourself. Don't waste time. Spread the good news of Jesus Christ that's portrayed to us in God's word to all the nations. You see, I think, in fact, I am sure... That if we were honest with one another, we could look to our neighbors sitting beside you in the pews and we could all admit at least one or two things which we waste time in. I'm not going to make you do it now, but we do. We waste time in a lot of things, and yet I cannot tell you the amount of times that I've said, I'm sure you can agree that you've said this before too, if I only had more time. Man, I know I need to read God's more word more, but I just don't have the time. I know that I should do this or this for God. I know that I should talk to my neighbor. I should talk to my friend. I should talk to my wife, my husband, my son that I haven't talked to in ages. I need to tell them of the hope that the gospel brings to our lives, but I just don't have enough time. We need to look to our lives and see where are we wasting our time? You see this great psalmist whether it be David or somebody else he knew that he was inclined to waste his time on worthless things so he was pleading with God right here he's praying to God Lord help me to not waste time on worthless things When was the last time that we prayed that in the morning Lord God help me today to not waste time Lord help me today to not look to these worthless things but help me today to just delight in your word. When was the last time that we just truly took a vacation, but not just to do fun things which we want to do, but truly just to lay in a hammock all day long and just study his word. Maybe to sit around the campfire with our kids, with our brothers, with our wife, with our best friend, and just study his word. This is how you finish well, guys. This is how you finish well. This is how you run strong. This is how you stand firm. By finishing well with God's word and by training hard. We all need to train harder. We all need to train harder. Everyone in here can learn something about standing strong, running well, and finishing well from God's word. We all should be training hard so that we can finish well with God's word. But don't stop running the race set before you don't stop never stop that's our tendency when things get hard we stop when things get hard and we see that obstacle come in our way we allow it to divert us and we take the long way around it instead of just asking God for his help in studying his word God will give you help in one way or another And sometimes that means you have to climb up and over an obstacle. Sometimes it means you got to go straight through it. Sometimes it means you do have to walk around it. But we need to remember whatever obstacle we're battling, whatever race we're running, we're not running alone. You see, to run this race without God's word would be like being a runner running a marathon without training for it, without any water, without any shoes on your feet. We need the shoes on our feet. We need the gospel of peace. We need Jesus Christ in our life. And we need God's word. We need a restored relationship with God. And we need to be looking to his word each and every single day. To truly finish well. We need to plead with God like this great psalmist. Plead with God for his understanding of his word. And focus on the things that truly, truly matter. As we end today, I want to pray... But I want to just play a song, which I recently came into contact with through a funeral of a gentleman that many of you knew by the name of David Woodruff. And this song is by a band called The Afters. And the name of the song is Well Done. Let me pray before we start this song. And just focus on the words of the song and the meaning and to finish well. Finish well. And look forward in great anticipation to God saying, well done. Well done. Lord, we thank you for this message, but most importantly, we thank you for Jesus. And we thank you for the word which you've given us, your statutes, your law, your commandments, your ways of righteous, rightful living. But Lord, I think we all, if we would be honest with you and with one another, would admit we need to train harder. Lord, we pray as we look to run the race well, as we look to finish well, that we would stand firm on your word with great anticipation running through this race of life knowing that there is a finish line for us. And our finish line is a great finish line with hope of eternal life with you. May we look forward to that day and may we look forward to training in a way which honors and glorifies you, which edifies ourself and the saints and builds them up, grows them in your word, and may the lost be found. Lord, may we may you so deeply desire your word that we allow it to change our lives and those around us. And Lord, may we look forward to the finish line hearing you say, well done, well done, good and faithful servant. It's in your holy and powerful name we pray and all God's people said, amen, amen, amen. Please watch this video. Well done. May we all look forward to hearing that as we run through this race and we look forward to finishing well. Good job, Sunday school graduates, and thank you to the teachers, the adults who have pushed them forward to complete that and to finish well. But may we not stop there. May we not only study God's Word on Sundays, but may we see the value in studying it every day. Maybe you're not running well right now. If you're not running well, if you need help, I plead with you. Give it to God. Give it to God. But also, find somebody in this church. Find a believer, a fellow believer to live life with and to help you to get back on the right path to running well with him. Surrender it to him. Remember that quote I shared with you at the beginning of service that I rest not because the work is done, but because I'm not God. We need to remember, we're not God. But God is in control, and we need to give it to him. You're dismissed. Thank you.